G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. They came to me and said, oh, what am I going to do? I'm so upset about this situation. And I was able to actually sit down and say, well, all right, if you're going to go and have a conversation with this guy, you don't want to just barge in there and start talking. You want to actually think about what you want to say and try and prepare your heart and, and the tone you're going to use and how you're going to approach it, think it through. They went to have the conversation with the other person and they were in shock because they said, Bruce, it worked. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, on the last couple of programs, we've been hearing Bruce Burgess share his story and how the Lord had been leading him to become involved in conflict resolution. Today, we're going to hear how he becomes the founding director of PeaceWise Australia, a ministry dedicated to helping people resolve conflicts in healthy ways based on biblical principles. When we ended last time, Bruce had left his full-time position in the legal profession to go to Bible college, and then he eventually went on to receive a Master's of Arts degree in Christian Studies. Now, we're going to hear what happened next in his life as he continues his chat with Eric Scatterbo. Once again, Bruce is joining us from the PeaceWise office in Sydney. While I was doing that, uh, I went to a conference that took place in Australia that was being held by Christian lawyers, and there was a guy who came from America, his name was Ken Sandy, and he was running a peacemaking ministry in America called, unsurprisingly, Peacemaking Ministries. <laughs> and his model, his mediation model, was one of the ones that I had looked at for my thesis. And oh, okay. I, I met him and I, I met his sort of offsider, Chip Simmer, which is a brilliant name, mm-hmm. and formed friendships with them. And that really began the next part of my journey, which was going from study, if you like, to, well, ultimately doing something practical in the world. And so in 2006, I went to a peacemaking conference in America Uh where as a result of a very beautiful restoration story about a a couple adopting a child that the man met on a plane, uh, God really moved my heart and then there was worship and then I had a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience of his spirit where, you know, he he touched me in in a unique way and felt his call to come back to start a peacemaking ministry in Australia together with others. And so that was 2006 mm-hmm. and we started PeaceWise in 2007. And so since that time I've worked for PeaceWise. But I have also surprisingly continued working as a lawyer, uh, but part-time. So most of my time is spent working with PeaceWise, but then I've also maintained uh, a role working in the financial services industry as a consultant. And the wonderful thing is that even though I've mainly been working for PeaceWise, I've been able to use these principles and share with people and help people in the secular workplace environment as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'll give you another example where, as it turns out, I still work for the same lady who I worked for before I went to Bible college, now in a different organization, Kathy. And oh, the one that you said 
you found out who was going yeah. to be redundant and it's me. <laughs> yeah. So she took yeah, you yeah, back. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's right. She took me back. She rang me while I was at Bible college mm. and she said, oh, Bruce, I've got some work for you. You know, it's only six weeks and um, let's just say it, it ended up being a lot more than six weeks uh, work. So I've worked with her for a very long time and being able to do that work part-time has enabled me to then be able to do the work with Peacewise mm. and, and Helen's continued to work as well. So it's uh, kind of but, like a tent-making type uh Situation. Yeah, it is. It is a tent making situation. Yeah, that's referring to Paul, who made tents while he did ministry at the same time. Yeah, and yet at the same time within the the workplace, I've had so many wonderful opportunities to use these principles too. So, uh, I remember one situation where a, a manager was away when a high level executive from overseas came and spoke to the team of this manager without them being there and spoke quite negatively and unhelpfully. Now, as it turned out, that manager and the person who came and spoke had a good relationship. Mm. And so this was sort of a bit out of left field. Mm. And they came to me and said, oh, what am I going to do? I'm so upset about this situation. And I was able to actually sit down and say, well, all right, let's let's talk about a way that you can approach this. And I shared a, a, a principle of negotiating, if you like, that we call the pause principle. Again, you'll find on the Peacewise website. And it just has five little bits to it. So the first part, P, prepare. And I said, okay, so look, if you're going to go and have a conversation with this guy, you don't want to just barge in there and start talking. You want to actually think about what you want to say and mm. try and, uh, you know, prepare your heart and, and the tone you're going to use and how you're going to approach mm -hmm. it, think yeah. it through. The second thing, and this is so important, you know, if for, for your listeners, if you're thinking about how to have a hard conversation with someone, this one that I'm about to share with you now is so important. It's the A and it stands for affirm relationships. Mm. So what do I mean by that? I mean, like these two people, as I said, she had a good relationship with this guy. And I said, well, don't start out by saying what you're upset about. Start out by saying, I really value my relationship with you and we've got on well for such a long time. Mm. There's something that's happened that I want to talk about, but I want you to know that I really care about our working relationship and I want to get things back onto a good footing. Yeah, so you're kind of affirming the positive part of the relationship exactly. before going to the negative, which is the conflict. That's right. Almost invariably, you'll find if someone's upset with you, they will come and talk to you about what they're upset about. Mm -hmm. And if someone begins a conversation instead by saying, you know what, there is this thing we need to talk about, but first I want to say how much I value you mm, and I value yeah. my relationship with you, that's a game changer. Yep. People yep. don't typically do that, but when mm. you hear that, you think, oh, this isn't just about attacking me. This is about someone wanting to talk to me about something that's happened, not because they want to end our relationship, but because they want it to continue on a good footing. Mm. That's a very different proposition. Yeah. So yeah. then having said that, think through the you. The you is understand interests. So that means what are the things that meant the person feels the way they do about an issue? What was motivating their behaviors? So, you know, in this case, thinking about, well, what were the performance issues? Why did they communicate the way they did? What were the sort of underlying things they were trying to achieve? And then thinking about your own interests. And oftentimes when you start thinking that way, you may actually understand where the other person's coming from a little bit better. You might feel a little bit more sympathetic to their point of view, but also there might be common interests. You know, we want to have an efficient 
productive workplace. We want our employees to be happy, these sorts of things. You can appeal to those as a basis for finding common ground in mm-hmm. discussion. Yeah. And so then uh, the S and the E, search for creative solutions and E, evaluate options. And so, you know, brainstorm how you could actually deal with it. So I walked through this structure with, with this person. They then prepared using that pause framework. They went to have the conversation with the other person and they were in shock because I said, Bruce, it worked. It worked. It worked. I was able to talk to them. I was able to explain why I was upset about what happened. Mm-hmm. I heard more again, heard more of their perspective, but we were able to have an adult conversation about it and I preserved my relationship with them and I feel like the issue is dealt with. So that as opposed to just stewing on it, hating on the person, yeah. having the issue unresolved and, you know, a permanent problem. Two very different outcomes. But, you know, that's a very simple framework that you can use just to have a a simple conversation with someone about something that needs to be talked through. Now, if I can remember back to my going through the training, uh, basically it came down to when there is a conflict, you can either have flight, like avoid it and don't deal with it, or fight, you know, be aggressive and attack the other person. Or the middle option is what you just illustrated, which is, dealing with it, not avoiding it, not attacking the person, but working together to try to resolve it. Did I yeah, sum absolutely. up my two days of training? <laughs> you, you are an exemplary student. Eric. Oh, I should get a certificate uh, or something. <laughs> you got a certificate. Oh, I did. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, everyone's familiar with the fight and flight language. Yeah. Um, we actually, you know, Recast, we say, okay, flight, that's peace faking, hmm. you know, because we pretend there's peace, but there isn't. Uh, yeah. Attack, you know, the fight response, we call that peace breaking because, mm-hmm. you know, you aggressively pursue what you want. But talking it through, trying to resolve it, trying to work it through, we call that peacemaking. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with Bruce Burgess, the founding director of PeaceWise Australia. As we've been hearing, Bruce has been sharing his life journey along with insights into healthy biblical conflict resolution. We'll hear more of his story and more of the story of PeaceWise when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is once again Bruce Burgess, the founding director of PeaceWise Australia. Today is part three of a three-part series, and we're not only hearing Bruce's life journey, but we're also hearing about the start of the PeaceWise ministry and the many ways it's helping people resolve conflicts in God-honouring ways. Now, here's more of Bruce's conversation with Eric Scadabo. Well, we started this whole conversation talking about your desire to use biblical principles to resolve conflicts. But the question was, Mm. but does this actually work in reality? Has it actually helped bring resolution, bring conflicts to Mm. an end? And based Mm. on what you're saying, it has worked 
in mm, corporate mm-hmm. situations, in ministries, but also in several other areas you've expanded into. Please share with us. So, sure. I mean, one of the things that was on the hearts of the people who created PeaceWise back in 2007 was that ultimately it would be something not only for adults, but also for children and young people. Yeah, kids get in a lot of conflicts out on the uh, playground. I <laughs> <imagine>. <laughs> That's yeah. where it all starts. And so, well, many a true word spoken in jest, Eric. I mm. mean, you know, the ways that we learn to deal with conflict in our family tend to be the things that we carry with us for the oh, rest yeah. of our life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time those patterns are not not necessarily the best for dealing mm. with conflict. Yeah, And so we believe that it's actually a subversive world change idea to teach these principles to children because if you can teach children these principles, that has a ripple effect through all of their life. It will impact all of their relationships for the rest of their life. And so the program is actually called, uh, well, actually PeaceWise's byline has now changed to building peacemakers for life. Hmm. So in the last five or six years, we've created a set of seven different courses for children and young people from kindergarten through to 25-year-olds where they can learn these principles so that they have a a suite of tools and principles and understanding that they can use for all of their relationships. And as they grow into adulthood, they can use those, you know, when they're working in a workplace, when they're Mm -hmm. leading things, when they're dealing with all the different myriad conflicts of their life that they will face, that they can actually deal with them redemptively and constructively and in ways that are helpful rather than the other kinds of responses that we've talked about. And so PeaceWise is very excited at the fact that there are now schools all over the country, thousands of students all over the country who are learning these principles. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a case of them learning them at an individual level, but there are whole school communities where these principles have been built into the fabric of how the community works and we call that a culture of peace, a community of peace. Mm. And so let me tell you a story yes, from one of those schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually a school in Melbourne called mm-hmm. Melton Christian College. And so not too far from, from you, Eric, yep. I guess. Yep, uh, on the east side of Melbourne. And this is a story of a parent who contacted the school principal. The school had actually printed the, the principles of peacemaking for peacewise kids into the school diary so that they were there, the kids would bring it home into the home and then the parents could use that together with the kids when there were issues in the home. And so this was a, a single parent who um, didn't come from a Christian background but had been using the principles and they called up the principal and said, look, we normally have a pretty harmonious family life. Most of the time we get by, we get on. But sometimes, sometimes things do get extreme and we do have heavy conflict. And I'm calling you simply to thank you. I want to thank you as a school that cares about me and my family and the relationships within it enough to teach my children how to deal with conflict well and then to help me. Because when we have conflicts, we get out the diary and we use those principles and they help they help change the fabric of what happens within our family, especially when when times are tough. And I want to thank you because 
you've done something really practical that is making a difference in our life. Wow, and that's a non-Christian single mother. Yeah, correct. And so that's just a beautiful story, you know, coming back to does it work? Yes, it does. Yeah. It's one thing to have these principles written in a book and you think, oh, yeah, yeah, that's nice. But yeah. does it, when, when, the, when the rubber hits the road, does it actually work? And the answer is yes, it does. In that same school, the principal tells a story of using these principles in another school he'd been part of um, where they taught all the kids the principles intensively for a year. And what happened was they had an external study come, review the relationships within the school, and as the person was reporting the results to the executive of that school, they stopped because they couldn't believe the result that they were reading, which mm. was that there was no reported bullying in that school. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, bullying is a big problem throughout the mm. country, throughout the world, actually, mm. in grade schools yeah. and schools in general. And the impact of this is a very positive one, is what you're saying. Absolutely. I mean, I guess we approach the whole question of bullying a little bit more holistically than we're going to have an anti-bullying policy or we're going to have a day of teaching or something. We actually think that if you teach children principles of relationship that will enable them to treat each other well and to be able to deal with difference well and to have skills for dealing even when things go wrong, that that fundamentally changes the character of the relationships within the school. And mm. so we believe that as you do that, you reduce bullying mm. rather than, if you like, tackling bullying as an issue simply in and of itself. So overall, this whole experience for you, I mean, you took a risk leaving your law profession and your belief, your conviction was that biblical principles would have a positive impact on people who are going through conflicts. And mm. from what you're saying in these examples, and I'm assuming you have others as well, that the answer is a resounding yes. This has had a positive impact on people, and it must be affirming your faith because it's all based on biblical principles. So has this whole experience mm. really been affirming for your faith? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, in the, in a, the world that we live in, it's an increasingly post-Christian world. Mm. And the narrative is that, you know, Christianity is maybe a nice set of principles for another time, but especially in the wake of bad behavior by Christians in all kinds of contexts, um, the, the narrative of the church, if you like, is something that most people are not really interested in. But when you actually start talking about people's nitty-gritty experience of life and how using Christian principles can actually change the way their life unfolds both for them and for those that they love and care for and those that they have relationship with with even you know ones that they wouldn't necessarily choose like at work or that sort of thing then that actually says well this christianity has something to offer that i didn't understand and of course it's coming from Jesus, mm -hmm. who, yeah. whose principles are the ones that we're following, and, you know, the great peacemaker who brought peace between us and God. And so even as I've seen these principles work to bring peace between people, it's against the context of Jesus saying, you know, when he was 
about to be crucified. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane outside Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and he's he's weeping tears, knowing conflict is coming, and saying, mm-hmm. you know, I, my prayer for you is that you would be unified because as you are unified, as you show unity amongst each other, then people will know that I sent you and that you are one as I am one with the Father. And so it does it does represent for me peacemaking i think in in a somewhat post-christian world represents an apologetic to the world Mm -hmm. that is compelling because it is authentic it is based in people's real lives it's not propositional it's relational Mm. and it's something that every person is dealing with every day and so i actually think that bringing peacemaking into the world and showing the difference that it makes is an incredibly positive witness for Christianity mm. and for Jesus, and and it's certainly been affirming for my faith personally. And so, of course, you have the biblical principles, which you've shared mm. on conflict resolution, but also, as we know as Christians, the Holy Spirit is involved in mm. softening people's hearts who are angry mm. and mad, and that's all a part of mm. this as well, that somebody, mm. well, their heart has to be softened in order to apologize, to accept an apology. Mm. So that's all part of this mm. as well. Is that right? Absolutely. And, you know, the, the story that I told you about the leopard, you know, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit had done had done a work in that person's heart to yeah. soften it so that they were then able to move from a position of pride, I've done nothing wrong, it's all them, to actually I can't see what I've done mm-hmm. and I yeah. need to address it. And... So there's that element of the Holy Spirit working in people's lives. And, you know, we, we often assume that people are not going to change or mm. we assume that people are not going to listen. Mm. And when, you know, we, we don't do any peacemaking work without praying and asking God to work and asking his Holy Spirit to work in the lives of the people and, and also to help, help us as peacemakers. I mean, if, if, your listeners are thinking, well, I've got a hard conversation to happen. I really need help. Then I would be saying, ask for the Holy Spirit to help you mm. in that conversation, mm-hmm. yeah. to guide you and, and especially to work in your heart. See, I've said a couple of times, this is not about being a professional peacemaker. It's just about being faithful to the call to seek to engage in the conversation mm. and if you approach someone with a gentle heart where they can tell that your purpose is not to attack them, is not to accuse them, is not to prove that you were right and they were wrong, but actually that you want to try and restore what's been broken, then most times people will respond positively to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that takes heart preparation on your part to be able to approach the conversation in that way. Mm-hmm. If you are, have a hard heart, then people will respond typically with an equally hard response. But if you've allowed the Holy Spirit to soften your heart so that you can go with humility and gentleness and grace and still be able to gently but courageously share the things about their behavior that have hurt you as well, Mm. then there's a much better prospect of a good outcome for that conversation. Now, reflecting on my experience in the PeaceWise training, one of the practical things that I learned is that when we're angry, our focus is completely on the wrong that the other person did. But mm. if we can reflect on our own lives in times that we've done things wrong, 
well, then we can say, well, hey, you know, I know I'm not perfect and I've messed up in these areas as well. That softens your heart a bit to be able to forgive and realize that, hey, I'm not perfect. They might have made a mistake as well. And that kind of helps your heart attitude going into Mm. the conflict resolution as well. Mm, mm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, moving from that posture of I'm right, they're wrong Mm -hmm. to, no, actually, I can see things that I've done. Yeah. Not only does it, you know, help the conversation, but our attitude becomes more humble We and and we can be more compassionate. We Mm -hmm. might see the humanity in the other person more. My concluding thoughts, let's see if you agree with them, but my concluding thoughts would be in a world full of conflicts, I mean, heaps and heaps of conflicts all around in society Mm. and Mm. between countries, between individuals, between organizations Mm. and neighborhoods, you name it, there's conflicts all over the place. In a world like that, if we as Christians can be peacemakers and not just fake peace, but real peace like you've been talking about, what a light mm. in the darkness that we can be in a, a strong mm. Christian witness, wouldn't you say? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things about Christianity is that it is constantly relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Constantly relevant as society changes. So 20 years ago, social media was not something people even really understood or yep. existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the greatest sources of pain in relationships at the moment is the way people treat each other on social media. Mm-hmm. And so being a light in, in social media, being a light in everyday in-person relationships, being a light in creating cultures of peace, communities of peace, these are things that make a real difference in our world and that we can embrace as being worthy of our energy and effort and, and learning. You know, mm-hmm. some of these things we will be better at them as we learn more about them. Mm. And so there's certainly value in learning to get get better. Wherever we are on the mm. peacemaking spectrum, if you like, of yeah. how good or, yeah. or bad a peacemaker we are, we can always get better. Mm-hmm. And so there is value in learning. Amen. Bruce Burgess, thank you so much for sharing your story and the story of how PeaceWise in Australia got started. Thank you, Eric. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, that was part three of our three-part series chatting with Bruce Burgess from PeaceWise Australia. Not only did we get to hear Bruce's life journey and how the Lord led him to be a part of helping people resolve conflicts, but we also got to hear a bit of the story of PeaceWise and the many ways it's been helping people reconcile relationships through healthy conflict resolution. I have to admit, I've learned a lot from the various insights he shared throughout this series, especially when he shared how to apologise well. It's something we can all get better at, and it can really go a long way towards having healthier relationships in our lives. Well, if you'd like to learn more, once again, you can find a lot of great information on the PeaceWise website. It's peacewise.org.au. Once again, that's peacewise.org.au. Finally, we'll end this series with another great Bible verse on this topic. It comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 18. It says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Well, thanks for joining us for this three-part series featuring Bruce Burgess's story and the story of PeaceWise Australia. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. 
they said, do you feel like this? Is this is your life trouble? Are you having this and you having that? And I'm, and I'm sort of ticking off. I've got my eyes closed, my head bowed, and I'm ticking it off. And do you want to receive Jesus? And I kept putting my hand up saying, yeah, I want to receive Jesus. Because every time I've done it, it was quite emotional. But no one actually explained it to me, what that meant. So it wasn't until I went to Brisbane, and then they took me behind the back. And I went, oh, I've done this five other times. <laughs> Mick Bentham has a highly successful roofing business, but his main focus is not building a business empire. Mick shares how God led him step by step and how building God's kingdom is now his top priority. We'll hear Mick's full story next time. The Story. Just another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.